Welcome to Pain to Power, your go-to destination for real-life stories, genuine conversations, and a splash of reality, along with some real estate insights all in one place. I am your host, Kayla Cardona, and I invite you to join me on this transformative journey. Together, we'll delve into raw, unfiltered talks and experiences of overcoming adversity, finding the path to resilience, and rising above the pain. This is the podcast that empowers you to break through the barriers, elevate your life in every aspect, and unlock your true potential, regardless of your circumstances. And of course, we'll sprinkle in some good laughs and entertainment along the way. Welcome to Pain to Power. Let's go. Welcome back, guys. I am so excited for this episode and to share with you my secret behind me getting lean. And I know I've been getting a lot of messages from you women. So I'm really excited to share this part um, of my life and then also meeting my nutritionist and one of my mentors, the one and only Steve Ochman. We dive deep into his story and into several important points that will truly help not just change your mindset, but also using it to link your health goals to lose weight and get lean permanently. Yes, you heard that right. So Steve went from being homeless in high school to getting an athletic football scholarship to the University of Miami, co-founding a worldwide boot camp franchise. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. Losing over 70 pounds and helping thousands of people live healthy, purpose-driven lives through fitness, nutrition, and mindset. His mission is to help as many people as possible become the best version of themselves, the person that they admire and are proud of. He is so modest, you guys. So I'm just going to say it myself. He's actually the original founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, which is one of the biggest and fastest growing bootcamp franchise in the world. Just Google it. I'm sure you guys heard about Pedro's Coolian, which I actually did an interview with. If you guys scroll back into my episodes, it's a great episode. But the fact that I got connected with the original founder is pretty incredible. And hearing the story of how that came to be, he has been off of social media for about 10 years and he just came back. So I'm really excited for the world to meet Steve and really get to know him. And I know for a fact, he's going to blow up because there's no one like him on this planet that is extremely acknowledgeable in what he does with mindset and nutrition. He has helped me with my mindset of being an exceptional mother, linking it to my health goals that has given me results I didn't know was possible. So for those that don't know, I used to compete in bikini competitions. So I have gone through the absolute extreme, okay, of being lean, which you can actually find online. It's so funny when articles write about me and they do like the before and after photos. And I've had articles grab photos of me that I took going on stages and talking about how I have the most dramatic change. 
(laughs) I mean, of course my face looks so weird and skinny and the lighting is terrible and the spray tans that we did before going on stage is horrific. (laughs) And obviously these people don't understand the process and why I do look so different competing in bikini shows. Uh, but anyways, and then going through health problems after these competitions, because your body is so deprived and it's just such an unhealthy industry, both physically and mentally. And then after competitions, I actually became overweight, believe it or not. You'll never find anything online or even in my phone of me being overweight because I was so ashamed and embarrassed and depressed and just such in a very dark place. So I have been and seen both sides of the spectrum. And then when I finally got into the most, you know, healthy place after years of competitions that I've done, and then years after that, when I went through my depression, I got in a much much healthier place. I was still struggling with the stubborn fat, especially around the stomach and arms area, which is actually very common with us women. And if you're like me, that is such a foodie and loves to enjoy life and are active, but can't seem to look and feel the way that you really want, then this episode is definitely for you. I'm still eating the foods that I love. I'm not weighing or measuring anything, no macros. And most importantly, I'm eating as much as I want. We also get into uh, more personal things like forgiveness, loving yourself by letting go of hate, and how gratitude mentors and believing in yourself is critical to a positive change in your life. The importance of why you need to become the best version of yourself, steps to finding your purpose, and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear from this man that has changed so much for me enjoy. Just so excited to dive deep and get to know Steve. Steve, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Kayla. Yeah, no, thank you. So real quick. um, So we met through his gym and OC Fit. And it was around the time that I was going to start filming. And I was like, gosh, you know, I've always struggled with um, like stubborn fat, as you know, I used to compete. So I used to be like really, really lean. And then there was like no in between. And I couldn't seem to like figure it out why nothing was working for me. And then of course, uh, me and Steve got connected through his gym. And then he basically showed me the way. And now I'm leaner than I've ever been. I'm eating the foods that I still love. And it's like, he's a scientist too. Like that is so (laughs) incredible. Um, But uh, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that before we go into your story. Well, well, yeah, you know, I think it's interesting because like the first time you came to me um, for nutrition, you were in a real hurry to get ready for season one, Mm -hmm. you know, of selling, selling OC, selling the OC. And so I really didn't give you the full program at the beginning. I just told you what to do. Like, I would just say, eat this, work out like this, and you'll get the results. Mm. And then when you came back to me for season three, you had gained some of the weight back. And this time I gave you the full program. Mm. And the full program was like, 
I don't know if you remember, Kate. I mean, of course you remember, but we linked your mindset to your goals. So basically we link something that's a higher purpose than yourself because no one will do it for themselves, right? We lie to ourselves all the time and we negotiate with ourselves and it's just us. It's like we forgive ourselves because we're stuck with us. We have no choice. But when you link it to something of higher value, like your son and you as a mom and showing up for your kid as the best version of yourself and really thinking when you're choosing this food or this alcohol, you're actually choosing to hurt to, this sounds crazy, but to hurt your kid because you're not able to give them the value of the best you, you mm-hmm. know? And so once we did that, it was like a switch came on and, and now you had the full program. So you understood the three rules, but now you had the mindset link to make it permanent. Yep, exactly. And that's what really was the game changer for me because whenever I thought, oh, I could, I could just have like one cookie, it would be fine. But then I think about like, I connected that with parenting and that was like the deepest thing for me. And it's going to be different for everyone, which is, you know, fine. But for mm-hmm. me, it was parenting and just knowing that he's watching me. And it's like, no, because if I eat that cookie, he's going to be like, well, what happened to discipline, mom? What, you know? So it's just like, once I was able to link that and you helped me with that, it completely changed the game, which by the way, I still get people asking if I've taken Ozempic. Is that the word? Ozempic? Oh my God. I that know. That stuff is crazy. I know. And now um, I haven't read into it uh, recently, but I saw something on it saying now people are having a lot of major health issues. From yeah, you think? <laughs> using Ozempic. Right. And I, you know, thinking Duh. about it, you know, I don't know the details, but they they said as soon as they said this is for people with diabetes and it slows your uh, digestive system down immediately yeah. I was like that doesn't even sound healthy so anyways so my point of bringing that up is yeah. you know people always assume that you're taking like the fastest easy route because everyone does it and it's like no yeah. I didn't have to take a Zempic to get there it's just working with you and your very simple steps is what got me there and very quickly. There's there's no shortcut. You know, you really what we did, like me and you, we focused on is who, not the what. I don't even focus on what you're gonna look like. You are gonna look like who you are. So if you are someone who's disciplined, someone who links what they're doing to a higher purpose, someone who has the knowledge and the discipline to apply the knowledge, you're gonna look like that person. Someone who takes a drug like Ozempec or whatever it's even called, you know, like they look like a person who's taking a drug to get a shortcut. So they'll never get that personal development and make that that, that permanent change. Mm -hmm. And with every shortcut, you owe a debt. There's some debt you're going to have to pay, whether it's health conditions, whatever it is, it it ain't for free. You know what I mean? And so you look like now who you are, which is someone who holds their values so high as being a mom and being a leader that you do these certain things and you look like the person who does those things. Exactly. Ooh, I love that. That was really, really good. You're not, yeah, you're like, you know, my coach and mentor and nutritionist, but you're also just such a friend. And the fact that you took time, nobody knows this, but the fact that you took time out of your days to come with me, because everyone listening, he took me back to my shelter to get reconnected from my past. And that was kind of like, so needed and he pushed me to do something and get outside of my comfort zone and that was kind of just the rebirth of getting back into the things that I should be doing and so you know I don't know if I've said it enough but I really thank you for that Steve like that that was so needed and I think as since then 
I just, it like catapulted me into everything that I'm doing right now. So I just wanted to thank you and tell the world, like, you know, I owe a lot to you. So thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> and then of course, like some, some parenting skills with teenagers. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, the things I was going through with Jordan. And so that was really, really helpful. But, um, so this, with that aside, I really want to go super deep into who Steve is and where you come from. And, yeah. you know, I know you have such a crazy story and I'm so excited to dive deep. So if you can go ahead yeah. and, and share that. Of course. Yeah. When I was about five years old, I, I, I just I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. And uh, when I was six, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, actually. So like I had all the... I had everything. I had the whole like shaking your head, making noises, saying words, like the twitches, like full blown Tourette. So really it, it, you know, it actually affected me in a big way. I was like that outcast. Like I was like the kid that nobody wanted to, to be friends with, you know, all the way through junior high, all the way through, uh, I would say ninth grade. Um, I, I really had like no friends. And even though I knew inside, like I was an athlete, I was pick last for everything. I wasn't even pick last. I was actually left over. So like I was the last person that wasn't picked. So I guess I'm on this team. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because if you fast forward like three years later, I was an all-American football player, got a scholarship to University of Miami. You know, like I was that person, but yet I, I was just this outcast. And and because of that, my my social skills were way behind, just so far behind. And so when I got into high school, I was so angry. I was so mad, Kayla. I, I really just went out for football just to hit people. I didn't even go out because I've never even watched the game on TV. I literally was like, oh, I could hit people and not get in trouble. This is crazy. So I would get out there in 10th grade. 10th grade was my first year ever. And I would just be like, it was practice. It, it wouldn't matter if it was practice or a game or whatever. I'm like, I'm going to kill you. And that was it. And so I would just hit people as hard as I can. And I was really good at that. And then I was I, at the same time I was living in a car. So my dad was a con artist and he basically, we would like rent a house or an apartment and we'd get evicted because he would never pay the rent because he was just a con artist. And I didn't know this. See, I thought he was like the greatest person in the world. And so we would just, we kept getting kicked out. And finally my senior year, we were just living in a car. And so I was like, man, um, I knew I knew I was never my situation. Like I never thought I was this homeless guy. I'm like, all right, this is just something that's happening right now. But I wanted to get out of that situation because I hated it. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna get a scholarship. And and I remember my my coach at the time was like, No, you're not. You know, kids have been playing their whole life. This is your first year. Like, you're not going to get a scholarship. And I'm like, oh, I will watch. I'm going to get a scholarship to the number one, number two, number three, number four, number five school in the nation. I'm going to have my pick. And and uh, I just trained so hard. Like, I stole. I had no money, so I had to steal the pads out of the out of the, the locker room. And I, I stole a helmet. And I found some college athletes. And I just started asking if they wanted to train with me over the summer. Like, we were going full contact with people in college. And so then I got so good training with older people that when it was time for high school football, I was just, I was the best. And uh, by my end of my senior year, yeah, I was um, the, the best in the country at my position. I was a blue chip All-American. And then I actually signed with the University of Miami 
and they were national champions. So I signed with the number one school in the nation, just like I said I would. And I had scholarships to number two, three, four, and five. And so um, I ended up going to Miami, but that's, it wasn't like it was a happy story after that. So I got to Miami, but I was so far behind mentally because of all like the, the Tourette's and just, I, by the way, oh, I should say the Tourette's pretty much went away. Like what you see now is what you get. Part of it was like, I just willed it out of my body. I just like fought it so hard. And part of it is sometimes people do like, as they go through puberty, it does it in some cases it diminishes. And I think it was a combination of both of those, but thank God, like, I, I don't really have any symptoms anymore. Nothing that anyone would be able to see at least. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but when I got to college, I was so far behind mentally that my dad came back in the picture again. He said, uh, so I had just had an ACL reconstruction. So my first year in my freshman year at Miami, I blew out my knee and uh, I was recovering from surgery and I already sucked in school. So that was stressful. I was losing my position, which I had to get back because I was out from my knee. And my dad calls me and says, I'm going to have to go to prison for check fraud and you need to get me $17,000 or else I'm going to kill myself. And so there was this like countdown for like, like 20 days until he was going to die. And, and, and me, like this 18-year-old kid with like a busted knee is trying to get money for my dad. Because I, I really thought he was framed. I, didn't, I still didn't know he was a con artist yet. I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. And so at the very end, when he was going to kill himself, he didn't end up killing himself, by the way. Again, he was conning me, really. Uh, I took all these caffeine pills because I, I was studying for midterm. And something in my brain broke. Like, like it really broke. Like I had a major like anxiety attack, like crazy anxiety attack. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was from the pills. I didn't know what it was. So they, they took me to the hospital because I was like blacking out. I couldn't like stand up. And uh, the doctor said it was, it was like an anxiety attack from the caffeine and you just go to sleep and next day you'll be fine. So I went to sleep and I woke up like, okay, cool. But it wasn't fine. I had like these panic attacks like 20 times a day. 20 times a day, I would feel like I'm blacking out. My heart would be racing. My chest was tight. I could never, for 10 years, I couldn't take a deep breath. Like 10 years straight, I could never take a deep breath. And, and finally, so I finished college. Well, I didn't finish college. I, I dropped out my senior year. It was really the anxiety. Like it was so bad. I, I just, I wasn't who I am now and I couldn't stand it anymore. I couldn't breathe. And I finally just like dropped out of college and I was homeless again for the second time. But now I'm like 300 pounds. I was super obese. I had high blood pressure. I had major anxiety. I had no job. And, and basically I got back with my dad who was like con artisting someone by in Font this ghetto apartment in Fontana. He's sleeping on a couch in this little studio apartment. And I'm sleeping on the floor beneath the couch, like only for like a week. Like I just was like, I don't know where to go. And I remember the day everything changed, right? This is like the day everything changed. So I was, it was like midnight. He's snoring on the couch. I'm on the floor looking up at this ash because he has a he fell asleep with a cigarette in his in his hand. And the ash is it's about to fall on my head. Big deal. It's an ash. It's not gonna kill me. But I'm just like, holy crap. And then I hear gunshots outside and I'm like, damn, there's like a shooting out there. And then I feel something on my chest and it was a cockroach. And I was just like, in my head, I'm like, I didn't say anything out loud, but in my head, I'm like, I'm not fucking supposed to be here. This isn't my life. This isn't my path. This isn't my destiny. I'm not even supposed, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm meant for something else. And I got up that, that morning. I called my grandma 
who I didn't really know very well, she let me stay with her in her little apartment in Mission Viejo. Uh, she says, you could stay here for a month, but you have to get up early. You have to work. You have to be clean, like not clean from drugs, but like just clean. Um, and you have to like, you know, be in early. And I'm like, fine. And that's when I started my personal development. So I, I, I learned from my friend who became a microbiologist chemist. One of my, one of my uh, old teammates, he got shredded and he, and he, he taught me basically the principles that I've done for 23 years. He taught me the beginning of it. Uh, and I got very lean, very quick. The only time my anxiety wasn't there is when I was working out really, really hard. So I worked out all day. I biked, I swam, I, I lifted weights. I did jujitsu. I did everything. And people started noticing, like I changed so fast. I was shredded and they would ask me to help them. And they would start, they would say, I'll pay you, just help me. And that turned into, you know, from being homeless, uh, exactly two years later, I owned a seven figure personal training gym, you know, like it just, it just changed my entire life. I dedicated my life to just helping people. And then I became really good at making a lot of money as a trainer. So I became known as a six figure trainer. So that's how all the trainers in Orange County would come to my, my gym that I sold. It was called next level fitness. And I would teach them how to be six figure trainers. And, uh, we had 40 trainers three chiropractors, five massage therapists, you know, it was like this huge gym. Um, and, and yeah, and from there, I, I started opening up fitness boot camps, and I figured out a way to do it that no one else was doing it. And I opened up six, six figure boot camps in six months. And then I ended up partnering with someone named Bedros and we created a franchise called fit body bootcamp and it became the largest bootcamp franchise in the world. And, uh, and then I ended up selling my my half of that. And, you know, here we are, here we are today, right now. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing. I have a couple of questions here. So yeah, yeah. Where are you at with your dad right now? Like, are you guys? No, we never reconciled. So basically, uh, he, he passed away, like, I don't even know, like 15 years ago, he passed away a while ago. But with that said, um, the last talk I ever had with him, um, I had some like, I, I, when I was leaving to stay with my grandma, I had no money. I had zero money. And, and I had collected, like, I always was into shooting. I had a couple, uh, hand, I had like one handgun and I, and, and I was going to sell it. I sold it and I, I got like $400 for it. And he wanted to borrow my $400, like my last, my only amount of money. And I said, like, I'll give you this money, but if you, if you accept it, I'm never talking to you again. And I, and I didn't, I never talked to him again. Actually, I talked to him once. I heard he had like a stroke or a heart attack or something. Like, see, he he had all these life insurance policies out on him from people he owed money to. I don't know how he had multiple life insurance policies. That's the life of a car artist that I don't understand. So they would ask me if he's still alive. Like I would get a random call from someone that finds my number and just is like, is your dad still alive? Because when he dies, they would get they would get money. And so one day, uh, someone called me and said, your dad's in the hospital. So I called the hospital. I just wanted to see what happened to him, but they connected me to his room. And I basically was like, it was, I wasn't ready. I I wasn't even like mentally ready for that. And I just was like, um, well, Hey, uh, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing good going on my own direction. Why don't you keep going on your direction? And we'll just go our separate ways and continue on this path. And he goes, I remember the last word he said to me, he goes, if that's the way you want it, then that's the way it'll be. And that was the last time I've ever talked to him. Oh, 
Have you forget? Did you forgive him? Yes, I 100% forgave him. And I'll tell you why, because, because not forgiving him was just, was really just hurting me. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what I realized is that, and I've, I've told a lot of people this, like, like to help them, you know, mm-hmm. um, what I realized is like, parents are just people. They're just people. There's no test to become a parent and a broken person who has a kid is still a broken person, but because they're your parent, you have these expectations. You expect them to be of higher standards. You expect them to love in a certain way, but if that's not who they are, that's not, if that's not in them, then then it's just a person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm sure he didn't cho- choose to live the life of like, basically being homeless and, and broke and conning people. That's just who he was. Mm -hmm. It's not personal against me. And um, yeah, I did forgive him, you know, like poor guy couldn't figure it out. That sucks. Like I can't imagine if my kids wouldn't talk to me, like I can't even imagine that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think he left, he led a real miserable, horrible life. And that was the best he could do. And I can't fault him for that, you know, and he reverse taught me lessons. Like I learned a lot of lessons of what not to do. You know, (laughs) I learned a lot of contrast there and yeah, you know, it would have been great if I had an example of what to do, but, um, but, but I will say this: he did one thing for me, one thing he did for me and forget the reasons. I think the reason was he, he really wanted me to be this like pro football player that he could make money on. But he basically brainwashed me into thinking I could do anything. So I like when I said I was going to get a scholarship, I was like, and I've never even played football. I was like, nah, man, I'm going to do it. Like I had no doubt. Mm -hmm. So whenever I want to create something like the franchise I created or opening up 13 gyms or whatever the heck I've done, Mm -hmm. I just know I can. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have this, like my superpower is having a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. And I think he did help me with that. So I do thank him for that. I totally relate to that. I kind of have a similar, well, my mom's still here, but similar story. Um, You know, I had to forgive her for myself to be able to move on. But even still to this day, we hardly speak. She wants a relationship, but it's like, you know, she's done so much damage and it's like, you know, until she forgives herself and makes those changes, there's only so much I can do. And it just gets to a point where they drain you and it becomes toxic and it you know, and, and you, you, I mean, you did it, you, you were like, you know what, this is not for me. And you went with your grandma and she gave you a, an opportunity and you took it. And so I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper into the point of you moving in with your grandma. She gave you another opportunity to you being able to open all these very successful, um, and you were, you were the brains really behind fit body bootcamp, right? Originally. Yeah. I, I, I created it first and then I partnered with Bedros after I could yes I, I it, it was a model that no one did everyone used to do boot camps in the park and they would do mm-hmm. these six-week boot camps and then market it for four weeks so they would mm-hmm. turn it off turn it on I'm like mm-hmm. why in a park and why not a membership it doesn't make yeah. any sense so yeah. was there was there people like around you that kind of helped you come up with that and then how did you get from living with your grandma to becoming so extremely successful like you did like what was that gap like what what was that for you that helped you get to there because I think people are listening to your story which is powerful but sometimes people like to hear more of like well how'd you do it absolutely and I will just go back to what you said before 
just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you have to have a relationship with them. You know, yeah. forgiving them is more about you. Yeah. It just has to do with you and your, your, it's basically loving yourself by letting go of hate. You know, that that's all it is. Um, I, I would never have had a relationship with my dad, even if I could, because he's not a real person. He's not a real person. There's certain people out there that are not real people. Mm. Like no matter what you say to them, you're not talking to an actual person. Mm. It's like, you're talking to a robot. You, you're not really having an actual conversation with that person. And that's, that's who he was. And that is a toxic person. It doesn't mean you have to have them in your life. It just means within you it's mm. if you could forgive someone it's better for you you know what i mean yeah so i just want anyone listening i'm not saying go out and have a relationship with the toxic person i'm just saying right. within you to forgive them is 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 so healthy so uh, how did i go from being homeless to living with my grandma to then like excelling in business and everything um so the first thing was the first thing was just me right like i had mentors in my life and i'm gonna get to that the first thing was just me I was so grateful. Like I couldn't believe people were paying me money to just kick their ass in the gym. Like literally I would just like, I would have like a judge, a lawyer, like all these people. And I'm like, shut up, get down. Boom. Bam. Like, I'm like, you're paying me for this. This is crazy. The kid that like got picked last that no one liked that had no friends. I had all these people paying me, paying me, you know, for my expertise and to just literally like, abuse them but in a loving way right and um and so because i was so grateful what i noticed is other trainers they start off very excited about what they're doing and then mm -hmm. they settle in i never settled in ever ever i gave my 1000 percent every single second and so that's why my business started to grow so fast but so going into me being grateful and going the extra mile, there was this, uh, where I first started training was this little hole in the wall place. This is where I first hit like $200,000 a year was this just hole in the wall, old racquetball gym with carpeted floor. And they just let me train people there. So like run my own business there. So, um, there was a guy named Travis, an ex Vietnam vet at the time he was about 56 years old and his son did karate upstairs. So he would watch me just murder these people downstairs. And one time he came down and he goes, Hey, I got to lose about 54 pounds. Like I, I have like 50 pounds to lose, but I have this shoulder. I had shoulder surgery. So there's certain things I'm limited on. And I'm like, Oh, let me go talk to your doctor. Um, I'm going to meet with him. And then, and then I'll see the best way to train you. And he goes, Oh, my doctor's like an hour away. He lives in Cerritos or he's, he works in Cerritos. And I'm like, that's okay. I'll drive out there and talk to him. He's like, I haven't even hired you. Like you're going to drive an hour, talk to my doctor and like put a program together for me. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, why wouldn't I? He's like, I didn't know this, but he was a big business person, a very, very successful person. And he was looking at me at 20 years old, like, who is this kid? Like, how are you doing this? And so he actually went with me to his doctor. We talked, we had a, a great conversation and it's funny because you fast forward when I opened up Next Level Fitness, his doctor actually rented a room out of my gym from me and, uh, and brought on a bunch of chiropractors and stuff. So that ended up like paying off down the road. So I started training Travis. His name was Travis. I started training him. I got him to lose 50 pounds. And he's like, what are your goals? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, how much money do you make? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you need to make six figures. He's like, let's figure out what you make and what you need to do to get there. So I figured it out. I was, I needed like 20, like I don't know, 10 more clients or something. And then we set goals 
And then he gave me book. He, the first book he gave me was Napoleon Hill, How to Think and Grow, uh, Think and Grow Rich, right? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> he gave it to me on cassettes. This is back then where like, it was like cassettes, you know? So I would listen to them and I would be like, dude, this is awesome. I would give them back to him. And he goes, here's Derek Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Here's Cypress Cybernetics. Here's this. He just kept giving me these books and then helping me with, with my goals. And like, he had these rules. If you ever, he's like, never say the word can't or try ever. The word can't or try, delete them from your vocabulary. So if I was like, I can't make it at that time. He's like, what? What'd you say? I'd be like, <laughs> oh, um, that time doesn't work for me. I just couldn't say the word can't. Okay. And he's like, he's like, he's like, trying implies failure. So don't say try. Either say you're going to do it or don't do it. You know, I'm like, so I really just did whatever he said. I deleted those, those two words. And you always used to say like, you're my son. I never had. He's like adopted me as his kid. And uh, I'm like, you're the dad I always wanted, you know? And so, um, and so he just kept teaching me these lessons, even like in sales. Like I would, like someone would ask me about my program and I would try to say all these things that like maybe they'd be interested in. He's like, don't do any of that. If you're asking questions, you're in control of the conversation. If you're answering questions, they're in control of the conversation. So if someone says, tell me about your program, throw it back to them as a question. Say, absolutely. What are you looking to do? You know, and then they would tell you what the answer is. And of course, if, as long as you do it, if you don't do it, then be honest and say, I don't do that. But I would just ask questions and say, this is how we're going to solve that problem rather than me try to guess. And so he was just like my mentor, like a hundred percent. And knowing he was in my corner really just gave me so much confidence. I'm like, man, this guy, this guy believes in me and he's so successful. He sees something in me. I could do it. I know I could do whatever I want to do. And so, um, and yeah, that, that's how it happened. And then I just opened my, my first gym and I just, I just knew it was going to work, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I just believed it would. I love that so much. And thank you so much for sharing it. And that's kind of one of the things that I really speak about is, you know, having that support system and, and seeking those mentors and coaches and people that, you know, that could help elevate you because, at the end of the day, like we're all trying to figure it out, you know? So if you have the ability, well, you should make it a priority to go and look for those mentors and coaches. So you are obviously a mentor and coach as well now. So do you want to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what you uh, do and, and how people can work with you? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the, the basic thing I do in my coaching program is I just share what works for me. Like, there's no hypothetical guesswork. There's no like, hey, this this method might work. I literally just say, look, I was homeless and now I'm financially successful. I was 300 pounds and for the last 23 years, I've been very lean. I do all this without counting calories, without weighing my food, without doing macros and without starving myself. And I also have a mindset that feels unstoppable. I have a, a way of thinking that's always looking at things positive, always looking at every situation as this is to my advantage. This is a job interview from the universe and I'm going to get my next promotion. This is perfect. I have this way of doing that. And all I do is I just share what's worked for me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that's my whole coaching program, whether it's for getting in shape or, or growing your business or just having like an unbreakable mindset so that you could just be the highest version of yourself. You know, it's all the same thing. And I just share, I just share what's worked for me. I love that. I love that. So, so, you know, we spoke a little bit about, 
how you got from A to B with with your mentor, and then uh, you invested in yourself through books and learning and seeking that knowledge, um, and then just kind of building that discipline and mindset. What would you tell the listeners that are struggling with, you know, because there's a lot of people I know out there that that struggle with finding the right people around them, right? And and like, what advice would you give to someone that is just needs to have that breakthrough? Yeah, I, I think the first thing, and this is this is also kind of goes back to like, just because I created this franchise and did all these things, it wasn't over for me as far as like my ups and downs. So I have had downs within that. And this is the solution that I created for myself. And this is what I would recommend to anybody who's who's at a point, but they feel inside themselves that this is not who they are. This is not where they're supposed to be. They're meant for more. And they're trying to get to this point, but they don't know how to do it, right? The first thing that they need to do is figure out what their purpose is in life. Because without your purpose, you really have no direction. When you wake up in the morning, everything's not lined up if you don't have a specific purpose. So I'll share my purpose. And I recommend that anyone who doesn't 100% know what their purpose is, starts with this purpose. So my purpose is to give the most value to the most people in the most ways. And by most people, I'm including you. I'm including my friends, my coaching clients, my kids, my wife, our, our boot camp members, everybody. So now those words can be taken way lightly. So let me kind of explain what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. So for me to give the most value to the most people in the most ways, the only way I'm able to do that is I must come as the best version of myself in all those ways. So it it really is like this circle. It actually makes me the best. It's a measurement that I can measure every one of my actions against. Can I give value with this? So like if I have a cheat meal, I know how to get away with having a cheat meal. But can I give you that value? Like Kayla, if you came to me and said, man, I feel like just going and breaking my diet. What do you think, Steve? It would be better for me to say like, Kayla, you know what? I don't break character ever. How's that? I'm, I never break character. And on top of that, let me show you what you could do to, to substitute the thing that you want to eat with something healthy. So if I have that cheat meal, I can't give you that value. But if I don't, I could give that to you as value. If I'm having, you know, all married couples get in arguments here and there. And I have, my wife is my best friend, but sometimes we get in arguments. Right. So if I'm getting an argument and my ego wants to win the argument, how do I give that as value to someone who's in a relationship? So in that moment, I see myself drifting off, drifting off of my purpose. And I go, oh, how do I get back on my purpose? I have to solve it with love, with compassion. I have to put my ego aside. I have to initiate just saying, I'm sorry, not waiting for the other person. And I have to resolve it. And then I could take that solution and give it as value. I can't take me winning an argument and give that as value. So literally it saves my life to have this purpose. It saves my life in every area that you could think of. Like even my kids, I can't be like, you need to get off TikTok and study. But then they're like, dad, you need to lose 10 pounds and you're eating that donut. You know, they can't say that because I'm aware of the value I have to give to them. So even like eating that donut, I would associate it to how do I give this to as value to someone? And I'm not going to do it. So that's the first thing I would say to anyone, find their purpose. And if they don't know what their purpose is, 
adapt my purpose. I think if everyone in, their, in the world had the purpose to give the most value to the most people the most ways, how great would the world be? And how great would everyone be who's striving to give that value, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so that's so amazing. I love that. Um, so, sorry, so Kayla, no, go. so now when you start with that purpose, when you have that purpose, you're asking how do they know what steps to take? Everything comes into focus because then your weaknesses, the places where you're weak, you will seek out you will seek out mentorship in those areas. It'll just make sense. You're like, gosh, I want to show up for my kids. I mean, so many parents, like they just somehow blank out on the whole, like you're supposed to give your kids all the tools for success. But if you don't have the tools for being healthy and lean and strong, you can't give your kids one of the most powerful tools they could possibly possess. So you need to go out and get those tools. And if you don't know them, then you could seek out mentorship in that. So just having that purpose kind of aligns everything so you know exactly what to do. Oh, that's so good. For someone that's kind of struggling to find their purpose and they don't have the, to adapt your mentality, it's not something that people can just like switch on like a switch, right? So I think, what would you say to someone that is really in a dark, dark place and they're struggling and they're, they're kind of suffering right now. What, what advice do you have for them to kind of get out of that and to go and find your calling, to go and find your purpose so then you can start really, truly living? Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is you got to climb the frequency ladder, right? So like the frequency ladder, like obviously like being depressed is a very low frequency. Being angry is above being depressed. You know, being grateful is one of the highest frequencies you could be in. When you're grateful, that's probably the best, right? Mm -hmm. The best frequency, the state of appreciation, the state of being grateful. So the first thing I would have them do is try to climb that frequency ladder. And the way to do that is with perspective. So whatever situation you're in, you could, I mean, all you got to do is just Google search, like worst situations. And, and you use that perspective, like, or you could, you could think of a time where you were in a worse situation and you could really feel, okay, for me, my friend Marcus got paralyzed in front of me from the neck down in football. So we were both running to make a tackle. I saw it. it happened right in front of me. He hit the player. He was knocked out. When he woke up, he knew he was paralyzed from the neck down. And it was crazy to see the expression on his face in that moment when he realized he would never move his arms, legs, or walk again, ever. Like to just, he really realized it in that moment. It was so obvious and it was so scary to him at that time. And, and that's it. Like one minute you're running next minute, you're just ahead from the neck down. That's all you, that's all you are for the rest of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I do when I start feeling kind of sorry for myself for like whatever thing I'm just upset about, I really think about my friend Marcus and I'm like, I imagine that was me. I imagine that I was paralyzed from the neck down. Like I saw him get, I would really feel it. I would take like 10 seconds to actually feel it. Like I can't move ever. I can't mm -hmm. hug my wife again. I can't walk with my kids. Mm -hmm. This is it. And then I like zap myself back into my life right now. I'm like, oh God, thank God. I'm so grateful that I, even if I'm having a bad day, I have an opportunity to fix it, mm -hmm. right? So now you're in a state of appreciation. So then the second step is to just be really honest with yourself. There's no self-mastery without self-honesty. And so a good way to be honest with yourself is to reverse journal. So I journal about just whatever I regret. So the next day you wake up in the morning, you start with the day before, you write down everything you regret. Then you start after about a week, you see the patterns. You're like, okay, I keep regretting the same thing over and over again. Now you know what you got to fix. 
So like, it's like creating like a blueprint for you. You're like, oh, I got five things that I keep re repeating that I regret. And a lot of success isn't about adding things, it's about subtracting things. If you could just subtract the things that you regret, mm -hmm. what's left is the things that you're proud of, mm -hmm. right? So that's, that's where I would start with. Uh, perspective, getting in a grateful state, and then being super honest, seeing what I regret, and then eliminating those things. That is so interesting. That's actually the first time I've ever heard someone waking up and writing down the things they regret. Because you always hear people talk about they always wake up and write down the 10 things they appreciate or that they're grateful for and things like that. So what you regret. So that doesn't that doesn't put you like in a negative energy when you're thinking about all the things you regret. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't feel good, but it, it's not supposed to. Like a workout mm -hmm. doesn't feel good. A workout hurts, but it makes you stronger. If yeah. you bury your head in the sand and you don't really take a clear look at what you regret, then you're never going to be able to fix it. You have mm -hmm. to see what you what you want to fix and you have to face it. And yeah, it might hurt. It might sting. But knowing that you're doing this for the purpose of getting better mm -hmm. is the feeling of hope. And hope is above being sad and depressed. So you're, you're still climbing that ladder, even though it doesn't feel good. Just like when you're out of shape and the first day you work out, your body feels like you just got hit by a car, but you're like, this is good pain. You know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. That's so good. I love that. Is there like a, like a big message, like your message that you're known for that you want the listeners to, to hear today? Like, is there something that we didn't cover that you're just like, you guys need to hear this? Well, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if there's one message that's more important than, than the other, but I would say, I would say like, if there's two things to focus on, like one, you know, this kind of goes overlaps a little bit what we just talked about, but like, mm -hmm. if someone was just going to be like, there's two things to focus on for the rest of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. So we all have an internal conscience. It's that little voice or feeling that we just know what's right and wrong for us. We know for us when we should and shouldn't be doing something. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we just eliminate everything that we regret, and I mean, like, if you eat this donut, maybe in the moment you're like, oh my God, but then afterwards you regret it. You're like, I regret that. I'm not going to do that anymore. And you only do what makes you proud and not happy. That's a big, yeah, that's a big one I would tell people. Seek being proud. Do not seek being happy. And that sounds weird because everyone wants to be happy, but here's the thing. Uh, first, I'll explain the difference between happy and proud. So happy, if the frequent, it's a very high frequency, but proud is above happy. Meaning like if you won the lottery and you're looking at a million dollars sitting on your coffee table and you, it might make you happy. Wow, look, there's a million dollars right there and it's mine. If you earned the million dollars, you'd be proud. And if you could cycle back and forth between those two emotions, I guarantee you'd pick the proud because it would feel better than being happy because you earned it, right? Mm. The other thing is, People want to be perpetually happy, but there is, it. you could be perpetually proud, but you cannot be perpetually happy. And I'll explain why. So happiness requires contrast. Just like you can't have light without darkness, pain without pleasure, hot without cold. You cannot have happiness without pain. So when you're trying to, when you're, when you're seeking happiness and you're getting happiness, you owe a debt. And that debt that you're going to have to pay is just sent to you by the universe and you don't get a, you don't get a vote on what that debt is. I'll give you an example. So you're sleeping in your bed. It's nice and warm. you got to get up at 6 a.m. to work out. But you hit the snooze button because it makes you happy to sleep in. Now you owe a debt. So when you wake up, 
you have to pay the debt of feeling guilty that you missed your workout, not being in shape, brushing your teeth, looking in the mirror, going like, oh man, I can't believe I started my day off like this. So you owe a debt. Now, if you don't hit the snooze and get up to be proud, you paid, the, the struggle was getting up. So you paid the debt. So now you're proud debt-free. So now you get up and you're proud and it feels good debt-free. Then you work out, you paid the debt in the workout. Now you're proud of the workout debt-free. Then you eat healthy and you wanted to eat the shitty food, but you ate the healthy food. Now you're proud debt-free. Then you go to work and you work hard and you pay the price of the work. Now you're proud debt-free. You could be perpetually proud. And if you just are aware of like, this is what I regret. I'm going to eliminate this. This makes me proud. I'm going to seek proud over happy. If you just do those two things for the rest of your life, you would change your trajectory exponentially. Holy, that I've never heard that before. I, I listen to podcasts and books and audibles and mentor. I've never heard that perspective before. That is absolutely incredible. And it totally makes sense because there's sometimes I get, um uh, I suffer with paralysis, analysis, paralysis. What is it called? Paralysis analysis? I, I, paralysis by analysis. By analysis. And I overthink, right? So I get to a point where I overthink where I end up not doing anything. And mm -hmm. so when I, when that happens, it's like I go in the, in this like depression almost. And it's like, you know, in the back of your mind, you're not doing the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. And that mm -hmm. is what like puts you in like the worst like mood. And then you just don't feel like, oh gosh, that makes so much sense. And then I'm the happiest when I'm actually doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing because I feel proud. That's so exactly. good, Steve. Oh, that's so good. I love that so much. <laughs> I just exactly. got super excited. No, I love that. Um, so what do you what do you got going on now? Do you have anything coming up um, yeah. that you would like to share? Yeah, I'm I'm writing a book right now. It's called, well, right now the title is yeah, it's called The Three. So it's, it's a nutrition and mindset book. And it's going to, you know, I, I did change the entire industry of fitness, of, of boot camps when I, you know, made the franchise. Now everybody does that model. Like the whole world does that model. Um, I changed the industry for personal training when I was, when I was on social media, when I was creating the franchise, I told all the trainers to do auto debit, not packages and how to run their business and do group training. And then that changed the whole landscape. And now my goal is to change the whole landscape on nutrition and nutrition and mindset go together because I could like, I always tell my coaching clients, I could give you the knowledge, but do you eat food you're not supposed to eat right now that you know you're not supposed to eat? And they say, yeah, I go, you're still you. So just cause I gave you this new knowledge, we got to attach the mindset to it. And that's why it's a mindset and nutrition book so that you could really become the best version of yourself. The book's called The Three. It's going to come out in about four months. So um, I'm working with a publisher right now, bestseller publishing. Yeah, and uh, and I believe that book is going to really change the world because it's no calorie restriction. Um, there, it's not about weighing your food. It's not about doing macros. It's about following my three rules and my three accelerators and the mindset method that ties it all together. And so that's what I'm working on right now. I can't wait till it comes out. And in the meantime, I'm just coaching people. So uh, people find me on Instagram all the time. They see the testimonials of my coaching clients. They see my transformation. They hear my story and they just want me to help them. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when you're doing something where time stands still and it feels like you like time doesn't even exist because you're doing what you're really meant to do yeah. for me, that's what coaching is, is, is time stands still making those trans transformations with people 
is is like it's what I'm put on this earth for. I know that's why I'm here, and uh, and that's what I'm doing right now. The book and the and the coaching. Yay! Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And also too, um, just to throw it out there. So, uh, where can they find you on Instagram? What's your handle? Yeah, it's Steve Hawkman dot driven. So my last name is H O C H M A N dot driven. Perfect. Okay, and then also too, guys, you are off. Uh, social media for what 10 years or something you just I was back on yeah I was when I was when I was on social media um when I was like really blowing up with all the franchise stuff I, I really did lose my way I didn't at that time have my purpose like I do now and and so it started off really pure and then I started drifting off I, I kind of grew too fast mm-hmm. where I got caught up in in all the the hype. I got caught up in the hype. I thought I was more important than I was. I I thought I was a, a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really just like lost myself. I just grew way too fast. And I came from being like, literally having everyone think I was stupid to like, to being like very growing up, growing very, very quick. And, um, and, and I walked away from it for 10 years just to really find myself. I mean, during those 10 years, I, I opened a lot of businesses and I did a lot of things, but I, I just didn't want any part of social media. And then I realized about eight months ago that I was being very selfish because there's a lot of people that, that really need this. Yeah. And, and, and for me to, you know, selfishly just keep it with my little local community, it just didn't feel right to me anymore. And it was time. So yeah, so last eight or in April is when I got back on and it's just been, it's been just going crazy ever since, but having that purpose that I'm aligned with now just makes everything flow so easily. Yeah. And I'm so excited for the world to, for you to get back on social media and for the world to, you know, know who you are and to, you know, even meet you for the first time and having that exposure to the world, because Steve, I really truly believe that you are the missing link when it comes to the nutrition and mindset. And and once you guys follow him and see what he's doing, you'll understand what I mean by that. There is no one like Steve that that does what he does. And in such a little time too, like the way he just changes people's mindsets and gets them so lean so quick. And the other amazing thing, you guys, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I eat as much as I want. There's no cap to what, how much I eat. And that's the best part of it all. Um, so thank you again, Steve, so much. Uh, there is one last question that uh, I ask all my guests. In your definition, what does pain to power mean to you? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, I think pain to power is someone's story. You know, um, I think our biggest weaknesses can become our biggest strengths. And I think that in every adversity, there is the seed for an equal or greater benefit. And I really do believe that the universe is one big job interview. So like, like the universe is watching you and it's giving you a test for the next big promotion. And when you're going through a struggle, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It could be the greatest thing. Like when you're working out, it is a struggle. And we, we understand that. We know we go through the struggle in the gym for 45 minutes and we become stronger. And I believe it's the same in life if you're looking for that. You have to look at it and expect that this is going to equal something better. And when you see it for what it is, struggles are just opportunities now. And that's what I think that that means. I I love it. Embrace those failures. Embrace those challenges. 
Love it. Well, thank you again so much, Steve, for ha having being on my show. I'm so excited. And I would love after your book comes out for you to come back and we can talk more about that if you like. A hundred percent. Of course. All right. Thanks, Steve, so much. Thank you, Kayla.